Well, we are in the final um, week of an eight-week series that we've been together on, and that is Salt and Light. And you guys are lovely salt and light. So you all have been doing a great job, and we're going to just keep doing it. But um, let me just summarize. We, um, we talked about the fact is that we are called to be salt and light. As you know, Jesus said it, so it's true. We know that's right. You are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. And we're called to do that everywhere we go. We're the ecclesia. And we actually have authority from God as God's ambassadors on earth. We have power. We have authority from the King of kings and the Lord of lords to extend his kingdom. We have authority to bless. Amen? And so we're seeking to do that. We're seeking to bring blessing of the kingdom everywhere that we go. We're salt and light. And we're salt and light in the workplace. How many of you guys know that those of you, everywhere you go, you're in full-time ministry? Raise your hand if you're in full-time ministry. Come on. That's all of us. We are salt and light in our families, mostly. (laughs) Nothing? Okay. (laughs) Maybe that's just me. Okay. No, we're salt and light in our families. We seek to continue to extend those. We talked about that. We're salt and light to our neighbors. And, and so these are the people that you're, you're geographically close to, but maybe relationally varied in those different connections. But maybe it's the person in the cubicle next to you. Maybe it's somebody in an online community or the soccer, the other, the other soccer uh, parents. But we have these neighbors and we're to be salt and light there. We're salt and light in our friendships. We're salt and light online, amen? And, and maybe there's a learning curve for a couple of us. But we are salt and light online. And now we're going to finish with that we're salt and light in our communities. We're called to be salt and light in our communities. And really, as we do continue to be salt and light in each of these areas that God has placed us, and we understand that, it's actually through doing that that we are salt and light in our community. It's, it's, it's through all of these different areas as we're faithfully being with Christ reflecting Christ, sharing like Christ shares, living like he lives, loving like he loves, being salt and light, suddenly the community is filled with salt and light because of all of those points of engagement. Isaiah 61 says it like this. Jesus, when he came into his ministry, it says he came, he opened up the scroll to Isaiah 61. Can you guys imagine, like, the Bible says in the fullness of time, Christ came. Imagine what the angels were doing, like, this isn't the son of God is on earth, and he's opening up the scrolls. And he read this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I do want to point out that Jesus stopped right there. Do you know why he stopped? Because the next line is the day of the vengeance of our God. And you guys know that that day has not yet come. Satan has been judged, but the judgment of the world has not yet come. We're still in the day of God seeking to save all that is lost. Isn't that beautiful? The rest of this promise, however, says this, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. 
They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Jesus, when he was here, he said, I am the light of the world. Before he left, he said, you are the light of the world. And the scripture says, as he is, so are we. This Isaiah 61 commission is given to Christ, and he is the head of the ecclesia, and we are the ecclesia. This is our commission. I love this scripture here where he says, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, he has sent me. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? This is our commission. This is us being salt and light in our community. And it goes on to say that as we, as we bring freedom to the captives, as we bind up the brokenhearted, release from darkness the prisoners, as we proclaim the Lord's favor, we bestow a crown of beauty instead of ashes. We bring oil of joy instead of mourning. We bring a spirit of our garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And then those that are coming out of those things, it says this, and then they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor, and they will rebuild the ancient ruins. The cities, they'll restore the places long devastated and the ruined cities. Do you see this? We're salt and light in the community. We are restoring cities and communities as we do these things. Are you guys seeing that? Isn't that beautiful? This is the commission. This is what we're doing. It goes further. Jeremiah 29, verses 4 through 7, says this. And God gives us a template of how we love and live in our cities. So let me just read this. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all of those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. All you weirdos that like dirt on your hands. The Lord says it's okay, you can do that. I want to eat the produce, I just don't want to be in the dirt. So we do this together. But perhaps I digress. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. <clears throat> do not decrease. And also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Did you catch that? This is a template of what to do in the city that you're in. And if you look at this, this is a rather extreme case, by the way. Proverbs 29 is the place where God also says, For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to bless you and give you a future and a hope. In the midst of exile, they were there for 70 years in a pagan city, and God goes, I want you to have a, a great time while you're there. Have kids, get married, take care of business, plant your gardens, and pray for the peace of your city. Guys, that's what we're called to do here. In fact, this template is for how we live in our community. We know that the earth is temporary. How many of you guys know the earth is temporary? At some point, God will come and create a new heaven and a new earth. You guys know that? Most of us know he's going to create a new heaven. Most of us forget he's going to create a new earth. You know that we're not going to heaven. He's bringing a new earth. Come on. And yet, 
We're not called to treat our community as some temporary thing or as enemies. We're to love and pray for our community because if our community prospers, we prosper. This is how we're salt and light. It's pretty hard to love your community if you consider them all your enemies, right? Jesus actually has a recipe for how we treat our enemies. Does anybody know what it is? You love them. Yeah, crazy, right? We're going to need a Holy Spirit to do this, aren't we? Come on. Everything we do in this life, oh, thank you so much, man. Kind of sound like an old smoker, don't I? Thank you, forgive me. Everything we do in this life will not only bless those we love and serve, it will not only bring human flourishing and glory to our Father, we'll also be rewarded. This is amazing how God set this out. Let me take you to Matthew chapter 25, uh, verses 34 through 40. And then the king will say to those on his right, this is at the end of the age, Jesus is speaking, and he says, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me in, Ethan Holub. I was naked, and you clothed me. Is it, is, is, has Ethan ever, ever invited you over for lunch? And you're like, dude, I'm going to get some one-on-one time with Ethan Holub. No, you are not. You're going to get some one-on-one time with Ethan Holub and 50 of his closest friends. <laughs> Is it? But anyway, you're going to get a reward for that, even if I'm a whiner about it that I don't get the one-on-one time. Come on. All right. Perhaps I digress again. I, I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you as a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? That's actually kind of a funny one, isn't it? Sorry. I saw Jesus naked, y'all. Sorry. And when did you... (laughs) When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? Did I lose you all on that one? Thank you. I deserve I received the rebuke. I mean, it's in the Bible and it's scriptural, but I will still receive the rebuke. Okay. And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did to the one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Did you catch this? We have this invitation where God has put the cookies on the shelf where we can get to them. Not only do we get to bring the kingdom into our community, but he's made it immensely doable By saying, when you do it in the least way in my name, for anyone, you do it for me. Isn't that incredible? And and I think this is probably the part for us where I think a lot of us sort of just like shut down because you look at, you know, you look at these major issues in the world and I, I don't know about you guys, but I get super overwhelmed. How are we supposed to handle this? But God gives us this incredible invitation that he says, the way that I want you to handle it is I want you to look for the least of these. I want you to help the person that's in front of you. Proverbs 19, 17 says, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus said, don't lend to people that can pay you back. Lend to people who can't pay you back and then your father will reward you. That's beautiful, isn't it? 
as we're salt and light. So when we're reaching out to these people who can't help themselves, God goes, I love what you're doing. That is exactly how I roll. And don't worry, I love blessing you when you're generous like that. Like I want to keep giving you my resources because you keep doing what it is that I created my resources for. That's why it says if you're faithful in little, you'll be given much. Come on. That's why he says if you're unfaithful with money, how could you possibly be entrusted with something that's actually valuable like the spiritual things? I love it. Okay. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Now, this scripture is super intense because this is actually written to those that were in slavery before slavery was abolished. So here the apostle is, is saying this is how you're living in this moment. The fact that you're enslaved, God's not happy about. But while you are enslaved, here's how I want you to respond as a follower of Christ while I'm working on abolishing slavery. Listen to this word. This would be intense, right? Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. You realize how revolutionary that is to say that to somebody who's enslaved? I also think about the fact of like, can you imagine the kind of reward that, that is going to be received by those that faithfully did this when we get to the kingdom of heaven? Because I, I have a suspicion it's going to be a lot bigger reward than what we get as people who have total freedom. Just throwing that out there. But what's the point? The point is that whatever it is, whatever's going on in your life, you are empowered by God to serve the Lord in your circumstance knowing he will reward you. No matter how unjust the situation is, no matter how bad it is, not only will he be redeeming the situation in time, but he will reward you for your faithfulness in the middle of it. Can you receive that? And this is a pretty extreme example of that, isn't it? Of all the injustices. Okay. So we can many times be overwhelmed by the scope of what God has called us to be a part of, and yet there's this open secret of how God accomplishes it. He does it by causing us to attend to the least of these. He brings his kingdom into this earth and extends it as you and I stop for the one. This is how we're salt and light and actually reach the community with the kingdom. We do small things with great love, and God adds it all up together with all the saints into one huge thing with great love. His kingdom come. You see that? You know, I, I like this quote, and you guys have probably heard it before, people may forget what you said, and they may forget what you did, but they will never forget the way that you made them feel. They may forget what you said, they may forget what you did, but they will never forget the way you made them feel. How many of you guys are thinking of like good memories and bad ones right now, right? It's so incredible the power of what we can do in a moment, in a transaction, in a conversation, in a situation, but, the, but you remember, they remember and you remember the way it made you feel. And you know, how many times have we had something where you just, you just felt like somebody treated you like, you like you're just a cog in the machine or you're just a number in line at the DMV? A little too on the nose? Okay. Um, but we have this power to bless and be salt and light. You know somebody who is really, really good at this? It's, 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 it's stopping for the one, seeing someone and being salt and light in that interaction. Someone who's super good at this is our founding pastor, John Bowers. If you've ever spent any time with him, 
he has never met a stranger, just friends he hasn't talked to yet. But he loves to engage with people, and, and it doesn't matter, by the way, like if they're seven years old, then they're just like, you are the bee's knees. And if they're 46 years old or 86 years old, they all have the same expression, like, you see me. And he just engages with people, and it's like you're the most important person in the entire world. And John has led so many people unto praying to receive salvation in Christ Jesus. And you know why I think that is? Is because when you and I engage with that person who's in front of us and, and just see them as a person, whether no matter who they are, but it's like, it's just like, I'm just like, it's just me and you. When we do that, we're the most like Christ. We're the most like salt and light. And they sense Christ in us. And they go, this is what my heart is longing for. Like Isaiah 61, right? For those that are despairing, I have this hope that's happening. Like somebody sees me. And you're like, yeah, Jesus, he sees you. And I see you right now. I'm his representative. I'm his ambassador of seeing you. Whether you're great or the least in here, but I see you. And they, they respond to Christ. And that's what we do. We do these small things with great love. And as we do this, God brings his kingdom to our community. See, his, his vision is not that one of us would become powerful enough, influential enough, smart enough to finally be the Messiah that he's been waiting for. To legislate through a federal approach that people would be saved. That's not his plan. What he's seeking is that there would be billions of people doing trillions of small things with great love unto his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Billions of people doing trillions of things that add up to him saying, it is time. Are you with me? And that's how we reach our community. That's how we see his kingdom come in every aspect. So don't let the enemy minimize the many small things that you've been called to do. There is nothing more important than engaging with the least of these, as it were, in the kingdom. See, we have this idea of like, man, uh, Jason shared with me the other day someone who was online, and they said, I think my ministry is to mentor famous people. And they posted it online. It just is so embarrassing to even say it. I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. Like, you know people can read this, right? They're all like, oh. <laughs> I'm blushing thinking of it. I feel like it's something I would have said at some point in my life. It's probably why it's so embarrassing. Like, oh, I probably would have said that. I'm glad I didn't post it. But what God really wants us to do is to engage with the person that's in front of us each day. He's not a respecter of persons. And through this, through all of these things we've been talking about for the last seven weeks, that's how we continue to see our community come to Christ. Amen? So our first testimony, we've got three testimonies today of this, and our first testimony is going to come from Pastor Janelle. And um, I remember John Miller shared, because this is a, I love this testimony, it's such a good one, of just recognizing the person that's in front of you and interacting with them. She's going to do that, and then Jason's going to interview a couple others. But remember when John Miller said, as he's being salt and light in his home, one of the things that he does is he apologizes to his kids. 
And it's incredible what we can learn as we see how profound it is to address someone in the place where you've affected their life. And I've often found with you guys, actually, that when I've apologized to you, have been some of the most helpful things in our lives, right? So Janelle volunteered to share that kind of story. And she goes, great, I'm the only one sharing a testimony where I made a mistake. And I go, no, actually, John Miller shared. And then I thought I would share that I'm sure I must have made a mistake somewhere. Yes, you know, I'm that's sure what that I'm here I, to talk about, will. right? Oh, okay. You? <laughs> All right, Janelle, thanks for sharing today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get to tell you about how we screwed up. Um, this was quite a number of years ago, like a long time ago. Uh, my husband and I, we were driving over to Dairy Queen, and we got in a fight on the way. So we were, it was just very intense and big, big words, and we were not being kind to each other. And so we drove through the line. He ordered at Dairy Queen. Um, you know, we were just icy at that point. And... Um, they got our order wrong, so we drove back through, and I, the, the fight was my fault. And so I was yelling, squawking at him, and he put the order back down on the counter in the drive-through and just said, you screwed up our order, and, you know, squawked at her what we wanted, and she's like, whoa. And so she did it, and we didn't say anything, and, you know, we were, we were quite rude to her. So that was like a Thursday or Friday. We come into church the next day, and she was sitting right there. <laughs> and I saw her, and I just, like, got sick to my stomach. And he, my husband was leading worship that day, and he just, like, went running over to her, knelt down in front of her, and completely repented and apologized. And I walked up, and she, I think she knew I worked here. And it was so embarrassing. And um, but the good news is we were able to apologize, clean up our mess, and, um, you know, repent and just say we were completely inappropriate. We were fighting. It was 100% us. You know, please forgive us. Don't let us represent Jesus and what church is. So anyway, she was very gracious and apologized, and we had good interactions with her after that. But, yeah, don't do that. This is a really small town, and they might, they might see you. <laughs> Yeah, if you're in Portland, that's fine, but just not, <laughs> not in Junction City. I'm gonna have my, my new friend, Whitney Joseph, come on up. Come on up, bro. We had planned to have him share, and then I just felt this, I, I don't know, this conviction that maybe we shouldn't, because I just found out he's an Eagles fan, and that's really hard for me. <laughs> and he's like a big Eagles fan, like... Here, you want, you want that one? I'm not going to give that to Ethan when he comes up. I don't trust him. But I trust you. Fly Welcome. Eagles fly. Oh, my goodness. Is he on? So, um, I think I'm on. Yeah, you're on. Okay. So, uh, Whitney, if, for those of you who haven't met this guy yet, he's a great dude. He has uh, he joined our congregation this past year, and he is the new director of Love for Lane County, um, which is very, very cool. <laughs> formerly, uh, formerly Love, Inc. So... Whitney, can you just tell us a little bit about what it is that you do with Love for Lane County in the community? Yes. Um, I'm a big Ethan fan, too. Just give him a shout-out. Um, How many Ethan references are we going to get in one Sunday? This is bad. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we mobilize the churches to serve the community. Um, our main clients are typically single moms um, who are fleeing from domestic violence, especially since I've came on as a director. Um, they go through DHS sometimes, and DHS contacts us once they get their new home, and we just go ahead and fill their house with 
all the furniture they need and the household items, and we pray over them three times. And we also serve um, uh, the elder population, veterans. We take them to the VA. Um, a lot of colonoscopy, uh, right? Yeah. Um, and then we mow the lawns for the elders during mowing season, and we just get to pray with people, and it's great. Yeah. That's really cool, isn't it? It's like such a broad range of things. You were, you were telling me about this whole thing with, uh, with women victims of domestic violence, and you just had an incident last week. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, one of our uh, volunteers, unfortunately, his, his car got, um, he got into a car crash, so he couldn't, he's fine, but he couldn't make the delivery, so I had to do it, and um, I got to deliver to a 24-year-old single mom who she's... She just ran away from her husband because he, he was beating her, and she's um, Hispanic. She doesn't speak any English, and she had this one-year-old in her arms, and it was, uh, it was very sad because we, we, we delivered the furniture to her, and um, I, I was looking at her thinking, wow, like she has so many barriers. You know, she doesn't speak English. Um, she's not in community, and, you know, she, she just got abused, and... It, you know, she was smiling at me as I walked in her house, but you could tell that she was a bit afraid because she was just abused by a man. And um, we have incidents like that all the time. You know, uh, I think in June, I was telling you yesterday, I think the month of June, halfway through it, we had 20-something domestic violence cases open because uh, moms were in need of help. So it's pretty heavy, yeah. Pretty heavy. And, and you're able to go in in these situations and in addition to meeting the need, then pray for them. Yeah, that's the best part. We get to pray for people, and um, I think about two months ago, I, I delivered to this 19-year-old. Um, she's she's a lesbian, and she was living with her uh, her, her partner, and um, I got to pray over her, and after I prayed, I gave her a high five, and she looked at me, and she was like, that was really cool. Like, I, I can't believe you said those words for me, because she thought I was going to say, okay, well, you got all your stuff, so now it's time for you to come to church with us. Um, but it was, you know, I just prayed for her. I prayed for her house. I prayed for her cat. And it was great, yeah. It's loving people with no agenda whatsoever. Yeah, it is, because I think that's one of the stories that I'm learning is um, anybody's story can be everybody's story. So um, my privilege comes with a responsibility, not a right. Like, I, I'm, I'm a Jesus follower. Um, it's by grace that I've been saved. So that comes with the responsibility of loving people like Joshua was saying. And um, I, I don't have any rights. That's, that's, that's one of the things Jesus took away from me. And that's great because, you know, it eliminates the, um, the desire in me that sometimes wants to tell people, well, you just got to get up. You know, like nobody's going to come save you. Um, but, you know, I don't know their story. And there's so much psychology to it. Everything's connected. It could be some generational trauma or whatever it is, and my responsibility then is to just love on him, and, and hopefully I'm doing that right. Awesome. If people want to work with you, they could just they could call yeah. the office, come right? on, Come on over. Come, come work with us. Um, we, we don't have any money to pay you, though. Sorry. So it's, all, <laughs> it's a volunteer. This, this is what I love, though. He was even telling me there's, like, sometimes he'll send people out on something, and they're like, you know, there's extra stuff, and they just jump in and do yeah, it. Yeah, Don, our best delivery guy, is 77 years old. He looks like he's 50. And Don and I will go on deliveries together, and um, we'll, we'll go into homes, and they're in need of, you know, food and 
He's like, you, you don't have any food? And she's like, well, we don't have any money. And he was like, okay, g- give, me, give me a second. And then he'll leave me there, like, for 30 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, where is Don? Don's my ride. And he'll come back with, with food, and he'll just give it to them. And I'm like, okay, can you give me the receipt so I can reimburse it to you? And he'll just say, I, I lost the receipt. I don't have it. So <laughs> those are the cool stuff. And, you know, if you want to be part of it, please, please be part of it. We're... we're we're starting some new programs with Transformational Ministry where we connect uh, the single moms with moms in the church just to walk alongside them and hopefully uh, put them in community. So, yeah, you don't have to do that. You can, you know, be part of our office crew or delivery team. So, yeah. Isn't that awesome? Thanks, Whitney. Thanks. Thank you, brother. Thanks. Ethan Holub. Ethan Holub, the man we've already referenced like 10 times today. Um, this guy uh, has, has been around. I think he's met everybody in Oregon two or three times. Um, they all have his business card, too. It's crazy. Uh, you have, uh, you've done a lot of stuff, Ethan, over your uh, uh, time here. Your, your, well, your entire life, really. But when, we, when you first came here, you were, uh, you were the owner of Oregon Taxi. You had been a part of several different ministries and churches, like you have just, you've done a lot of different stuff, and it cracks me up, because as you're saying to me, you're like, uh, I'm not qualified to do any of this stuff, and that's what I think is pretty amazing. So right now, you are, you are, uh, you're working with Balfour, which is like one of the biggest, like, construction and restoration firms in, in the country, is that right? Okay, and your, t- what is, what is your job title? Well, I started working there not doing anything, and uh, I don't really have a job title. It was just to help. And um, I started by building our, our, our carpenter team, which I don't have any trade. I, you don't need to swing a hammer in your house at all. Um, built that up and got a main guy that took that over, um, started building up the project manager team, hired a guy that actually knew how to do it, and he took that over. So in other words, he's, he's up in the company leading all of these teams, doing all of this stuff, and he has no idea how he got there. I, I, I tried to plumb our, our sink the other day, and I, I had to call one of our plumbers. <laughs> so I can't even do it with YouTube's help. Just, you know, yeah. So this, this is... This has no reflex on Belfort, by the way. He, he just... <laughs> But this is your entire life. Like, you wind up in these positions of great influence and authority, and you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Like, this is, like, so common for you that we often just make up stories, like fake things that you're a part of. When I first saw Forrest Gump, I was like, this is about me. Exactly. Yeah, there we go. There you go. I never heard that, but that's awesome. So, so now, there's something that's been going on in Eugene for a while now uh, that you're not a part of uh, directly, but it's called Everyone Village, and it's this really cool uh, um, initiative that a lot of churches and, and a bunch of One Hope uh, churches and just connections all over the place are, are building these tiny houses for uh, some of the homeless community, and, and it's like wraparound care, and it's, it's this, this cool initiative to help them. You've not been a part of that at all. You're working for Balfour. But in the middle of working for Balfour, this is crazy, um, these guys had a, a, an account with Lowe's, and, uh, and Lowe's wanted to, to be able to work with you guys because you do all of this stuff. So their like, main rep flies out, right? And he's meeting with you, and, <laughs> and, and you have all this business. That, like, you're going to give them tons of business, but he doesn't really care about the business because he finds out about this, right? Well, so what happened is, we're, we're Home Depot and Lowe's biggest customer in the world, minus um, the government, U.S. government. 
And so, and like, he's meeting with them again. So, this is so if you have a pro account at Lowe's and you have a, you have a contract business, you get you know 20% off. We get 85% off of everything at Lowe's and Home Depot because we get 5% above cost. Because we give them, when I when I started this job, I got my two credit cards from my boss, and I had a seven million dollar and an eight million dollar limit on both credit cards at Home Depot and Lowe's. And I was like, I asked the manager at Home Depot, I was like, how much do you think everything is? It made 10 million. I was like, I could buy the whole store. I don't have any place to put it though. That's like um, my church. Yeah, my, my church but, card is the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so um, so we've been using Home Depot a lot, and we you know we we do we spend we load that credit card up pretty much every month, and um, and the Lowe's had been saying why aren't you guys using us as much? So they sent their guy out, and it's my job to meet with them because I was building the sub base and everything. I said, well, we're just not getting the service that we're getting at Home Depot, and so he gathered all the Oregon people together and said, you guys need to give them the service you need, and so I built a relationship with them there, and then Steve Buss. I wanted me to come to a meeting. Sorry. See, I don't really need I can talk about it. No. Um, <laughs> he said that he wasn't going to let Josh interview me because you guys would be here. It would be like two hours, and we'd just be talking. You guys would all be gone. That's true. Um, but uh, anyway, so I got a relationship with him, was getting our project managers plugged in with him, starting to use Lowe's more because they were trying to compete. Home Depot and they were competing for our business. And um, then Steve Buss invited me to this meeting, and I knew about it, but it was kind of like all of the different, there's Everyone Village and Square One, all the different projects the city and nonprofits and One Hope are doing. And I go there, and it turns out that the head of it all is my old um, counselor from my school that actually, so in high school, I started this Bible study that had like 150 people come to it, and they outgrew my house. So I asked if we could use the gym at the school. And like 200 people started coming, and they said, well, you need a, a staff member to be part of this. So the school counselor volunteered to sit in for like two years every Wednesday he sat in in the morning as we all this Bible study well when I graduated he got promoted to principal then he got promoted to superintendent and then now he's the head of Lane ESD well I didn't know that and so I get to this meeting and and my old football coach and him and like two other people that God had put in my life over the years are the are like some of the main people for all this and um and we'd been already starting to try to start a carpenter school with the state and with um the chamber of commerce and so I was talking with them and Steve was there, and um, we were trying to figure out ways that we could participate. And, lo and our company can give lots of money. We have to go up the, it's a long process. So we decided to see if we could have our connections at Lone's Home Depot give them prices so that the price for each of the homes could, could significantly drop. Um, and they're like getting 20%, we're like 20% is nothing. Um, and so my boss kind of, I plugged him in with Steve to be kind of the main contact for this. And maybe two or three weeks later, the head guy for Lowe's over Colorado and West flew out and he's in our office and we have like two or three big, like $7 million losses on campus right now. And all the project managers are like, oh, you're here. Like, are you here to, to look at these um, projects? And he's like, no, no, I've, I'm, I'm here. I'll look at those, I'll look at those. And they're gonna make a lot off of those projects. He goes, I wanna meet the Steve guy. Like, he's all the excited about the Steve. And they're like, what Steve guy? And it's like, it's the, it's the project we're doing with, um, with the city and with One Hope. And he was just fired up for that. And even the local managers of the, the Lowe's. And so, I believe what happened was they all got together and then Home Depot and Lowe's started competing on who was gonna give them the biggest discount. And, uh, and Lowe's beat them out. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm actually, once again, I'm kinda, my job is just to get things going and step back. So I don't know where it's going, but I do know that they built a contract, got a uh, account set up with both Home Depot and Lowe's and they're still competing to give them the lowest prices. So, so long, so hold on, hold on, hold on. So what this means for this, Come with me. There's a lot more to say, I know, but we're gonna, 
We're gonna we're gonna go right to this. What is, this this is really hard for me. I know it is. I know. I know you're doing you're doing good, Tiger. Okay. So what this means is that for the cost of these homes that that the the church in Lane County and all these people are building for these people, that that cost has dropped. What you know the the number? What's the number? From eighty six hundred down to fifty six hundred. So can you see what a huge thing this is for this project the entire church is working on? And this guy right in the middle who's just like, hey, you meet you, meet you hi. And then you, you just, it just happened. Yeah. And, and the, the cool thing is when he's there and they're trying to get him to go to these projects and he's just wanting to meet Steve and go see this, he's talking about, man, I got Seattle and Portland. If this works, we want to get involved. And they just gave away their money. Each Lowe's has a certain amount they can give away every year, and they just gave it away, and he goes, man, I'm already going to talk to the corporate guys, because um, next year, let's, let's set this money apart for this stuff, and he was just so excited, and I told him, this is, this is a Jesus thing, and he's like, that, that makes me even like it more, and even the local manager, I don't think he's Christian, is like, that sounds really cool to me, I don't know what that means, but he was super excited, so, um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, this is what I love about this guy, because he's like, I don't even know why I'm here. I don't even really know what I do. Like, he just kind of gets in the middle of these situations. I've been trying to quit for like a year. <laughs> a year. But this is your life story, is you just sort of come in here like, I don't know, sure, and you have all of these things that are offered, and, and you basically, here's what I think. I think you have this incredible gift for being with people and for connecting people to other people. And so all you've done is, is been faithful with that gift, and then God ends up doing these Big, all those little things end up adding into big things God's doing to show love for the community. That's what I appreciate about you. And, and I, I just think that could be true for, for every one of us. If we're taking the, those things that God has given us, he said, this is, this is your gift I want you to offer. And as you're faithful in those things, we begin to see transformation. So thank you for being faithful in those things, Ethan. You're welcome. I would just, I would just <laughs> encourage you guys. Not to drag them. I encourage you guys just that you know if you're if you don't feel equipped if you don't feel I mean that's it's funny because I got a hundred ideas and visions that I dream of and God just pulls me to something else all the time and um, and I think it's just to show me and everyone else that it's Him because it's always stuff that I shouldn't be doing that I don't know how to do and um, and then He blesses it and when I do the stuff I know how to do it just fails miserably so just kind of <laughs> go with the flow. Yeah. Ethan so Holub, everybody. Yeah, come on. That, that was much too short. I'm going to take over now. I'm just kidding. No, I'm no, just kidding. no, no. He's got here's, what, here's how we're going to wrap it up. Um, I, I think that was such a beautiful summary. And we just wanted to give you a cross-section again of what, you know, this is a tiny little mic microscopic picture, though, of how God wants to use a billion people and a trillion different small things to bring his kingdom into this earth. And you guys are in the midst of these same kinds of stories. And it is incredible, you know, truly, you know, Ethan's another one of those people that he just sees the person that's in front of him, and they start talking, and the next thing you know, he goes, oh, I have to introduce you to this person. And that other person is someone else he did the exact same thing with. Well, that's what we're doing. And you're just giving what you have. So here's how I want to wrap up. I want you to get into groups of about three, and I want you to bless one another to be salt and light in our community. And then in about, uh, oh, I'd say probably about five minutes, I'll pray over us and we'll all leave, okay? So ready? Groups of three, bless one another because you are in full-time ministry. You are salt and light. And then we will wrap up with a prayer.
All right, we're just going to take about 30 seconds and wrap up our prayer time. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, I bless you. May you be filled with the presence and peace of Jesus Christ himself. May that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell powerfully in you. May the joy of the Lord be your strength. And may you have boldness to speak about the things that you know in Jesus' name. May you be salt and light. And may you bring his shalom into every place that God has put you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, feel free to sign up for One Church One Day on your way out today. And we'll see you guys this week in uh, home groups, right? Is it home groups this week? Yeah. God bless you guys. Love you.